bless God this morning on this side. I want to welcome you to this broadcast. Times of Navigating Unusual Change. My name is Mark Agbeko and we keep doing this. We keep pushing this until the kingdom of God is fully manifested within the facets of our existence. I want to um, ask you to share this video, share this broadcast, invite somebody to connect to this broadcast at this time. Um, even though we're behind schedule, we want to do this within the next 20 minutes as we bring the word of God to you and to encourage you. I want to also take the opportunity as my, and express my sincere thanks to everyone that has been following this broadcast and has been sharing it and i trust that the lord is causing this to bless you in tremendous ways uh, god bless you Shoba. Uh, welcome to the broadcast yes blessings to you as well and it's been wonderful i'm doing well i'm doing good my health is great god has been faithful this morning we want to just take a short time and get into the word of God. A song playing in the background um, is not is not a song that we have a right to, but it's a beautiful track by a lady called Julie True, and the title is Meet Me Here. And that is what we do every moment we gather together online. We reach out for an expression, we say, meet me here. Lord, meet me here. Lord, meet me here. And I believe God is truly meeting us. Oh, bless you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, let's get into the Word of God. We've been talking about building the culture of honor. And let me begin by some two or three um, remarks that should set the tone for this morning's conversation and even the subsequent ones that have gone by. And... We need a generation, let's start off this way. We need a generation that has more value for honor than for money, than for earthly goods. We need a generation that is not temporal, but that is locked up in honor because honor is that which God takes personal. When we express honor to one another, to leaders, to our fathers, to our mothers, God to our husbands and to our wives, God does take it personal. God takes it personal. And we're going to see that in scripture as we continue to discuss today um, the focal point for honor. Who are the people that God have instructed us to honor? We started off by looking at the fact that we need to open a page of honor. And I trust that you'll be doing well with that. That you begin to recognize, you begin to identify within your world men and women who have brought impact, who have um, brought some investment into your life. We said on this broadcast that the making of a man uh, has an embodiment of several things. There are several things that comes together to make a man. Men do not just spring up, but in essence. They, they evolve out of several relationships and several factors that determine who they are. And so you want to recognize the men and women who have made investments into your life. And you want to honor them. You want to honor them properly. 
because that thing has an eternal flow in that God takes it personal. And then we, we came back last Sunday and started looking at um, the people that we need to honor. And we looked at um, honor for our parents. And that was a very powerful conversation, really powerful conversation. The manner in which it impacts me, I believe that God may even be doing more with you. Um, this morning, I want to look at um, honor for for leadership and leadership in what particular sense? Honor for leadership, but in what particular sense? We want to look at honor for those that are ordained to serve in the matters of the kingdom. Honor for those that are ordained to serve in the matters of the kingdom. And then we want to look at honor for prophets and people of the fivefold ministries. Prophets, apostles, evangelists, um, uh, pastors and teachers. The point is that we need a generation that has an investment in honor, that has more value for honor than for money. We need a generation that understands that when we walk in honor, God takes it personally. God takes it personally. So when I honor my wife, when I respect her, God takes it personally. When I honor my father, my mother, God takes it personally. When I honor my children, God takes it personally because honor is the very nature and the very character of God and it flows from Him. The starting point of honor is that it flows from God. So let's begin to look at a number of scriptures this morning. People ordained, and that word ordained is very important in the discourse. People ordained. To serve in the matters of the kingdom in terms of leadership, apostles, prophets, evangelists, administrators, and all. Now, we want to understand that the issue of being ordained transcends the issue of just, I, I desire to just be this and I found myself there. We are talking about issues of divine choice, which we will come to shortly. So let's turn to Exodus chapter 28, the verse 2. Exodus chapter 28, and let's read from the verse 2, or even we can back up and let's read from the verse 1. Now the Lord said to Moses, Now take Aaron your brother. Now take Aaron your brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, from among the children of Israel. So we have a whole uh, family, a whole society, Israel, and God is picking out to have a man and his generation serve in his intent and purposes within the matters of the kingdom. And so when we begin to discuss issues of leadership that are found within the service of the matters of the kingdom, this is the context we are looking at it primarily. We know that the kingdom is broadly expressed. We know that the nature of the kingdom and the ordination of men and women to serve in the matters of the kingdom, we know that the kingdom bleeds into several facets of our existence. We know that the expression of the kingdom takes on different forms. And so, we just zeroing on the matters of leadership. So it says, take now Aaron, your brother, and 
his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that they may minister to me, that they may minister to me as priests. Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Itamar. In the verse 2, and you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. You shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for, for, for glory and for beauty. So you shall speak to all who have, are, are gifted artisans. So you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom that they may take, they may make Aaron's garment and consecrate him, separate him and consecrate him to separate him that he may minister to me as a priest. This is the severity of the matter. When it comes to men and women ordained to serve in the matters of the kingdom in terms of leadership, there is a primary focus that is that they are ordained or chosen by God that they will minister to the Lord. And this is where the importance flows from. That it is not just about these men and these women and, and it's not just the space they occupy, but the essence of the matter is that they minister to the Lord. And so God expects that we will bring honor, we will honor, we will respect these men, we will accord them we will not make demigods out of them. I know of situations where some of these men have, have arrogated to themselves the right to be God. I think I saw a video this morning on Facebook. I didn't really get time to watch it. And uh, the title of it was that, uh, the title was, was that uh, this is the woman who says she is God. And I think it's coming out of Nigeria or somewhere. And she has very large following. Um, in this meeting auditorium, you saw a lot of people. And she was walking down the aisles and these people were hailing her and I think calling her all kinds of names. Listen, men and women are called by God to minister to the Lord and not to take the place of God. So immediately men and women begin to take the place of God. That is totally wrong. That is totally evil. That is satanic. And that has nothing absolutely to do with God. So in that same vein, we can say there are many things that are masquerading, talking like God, behaving like God, having allocated the right to themselves to occupy the space of God. And they have absolutely nothing to do with God. We want to be discerning. And in, as a matter of fact, this evening, I will talk, I'll talk about discernment on the brokers. We want to be a people who are discerning. Who are discerning because discernment is one of the key things that is missing in the body of Christ today. I see people jump from frying pan of one religion and into the fire of um, 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 another religion. And which is which is which is clear that there's lack of discernment. So we've seen men and women who have arrogated to themselves the right and can even determine at what time, at what point a husband can 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 spend intimate moments with the wife. These are Protestant popes, demigods, evil men who have arrogated the right to the rights of who God is to themselves. In essence, 
The Bible says that the, the son of perdition, the man of lawlessness, sits in the house of God, calling himself God. The Antichrist is not far-fetched. You see it in these men and the women. So we want to really discern and accord men and women the right honor, the main purposes and their intent as a serving in the work of God. Very important. So it says that take Aaron from among the people, among the children of Israel and Aaron's sons, and let them minister to me. Now make for them garment, beautiful garment, garment for beauty, garment for honor. And let them be consecrated, let them be separated. So we are discussing the issue of men and women who are ordained and separated unto, unto God. Let's look at Numbers chapter 17 quickly on the issue of divine choice. Um, Numbers 17 is so loaded, it's so loaded that we may not be able to get through um, discussing the principles that are embedded in it all. You can take um, the time, look at it, and there are several layers of truth that is expressed in number 17. And let's look at it. Number 17, from the verse 1. Now, we know that before this, there was a rebellion against Moses and Aaron. The people rejected it, dishonored. And I said from the onset that we need a generation that has more investments in honor, that, that value honor than money, than position. We need a generation, a generation of politicians, a generation of fathers and mothers and children, a generation of youth of our society that has more value for honor than for money. The, the, today's generation seems to be in pursuit of money other than for true honor. So where honor is supposed to be placed, men and women would disregard it. They would, they would trample it underfoot and go in for money, giving utter disregard for true honor. So we know starting from the verse 16, there was a rebellion. They spoke against Moses and Aaron. They complained, the people complained, and all kinds of things. The sons of Korah were involved, all kinds of things. In 17, God began to speak to establish the issue of divine choice and the honor that must be accorded it. This is the present of it. This is the this is the crust of the matter. This is how important it is that it is not by your choice that I will honor this man or I will not I will dishonor that man. There is a divine ordained place for this thing, and when you walk in it, you find um, um, some connection to God, and that brings you some level of blessings from God. Seventeen. Then and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying. Speak to the children of Israel and get them uh, and, and get from them a rod from each father's house. Um, all their leaders according to their father's houses. Twelve rods. Write each man's name on his rod. So if um, um, from Aaron's tribe, okay, let's continue to read it. Expresses itself in the verse 3. And you shall write Aaron's name on the rod of, of Levi. So from each tribe. If it is um, if it is Mark that is in that tribe, you write Mark's name on that rod that represented that tribe. So for the tribe of Levi or Levi, um, it was Aaron's name that was written. 
for there for for there shall be no no one rod for for so for there shall be one rod for the head of each of each of the father's house then you shall place them in the tabernacle of meeting before the testimony where i meet with you very very important to analyze take rods now place this rod in my presence that's a very important principle to behold i don't have enough time to go express uh, explaining all but take the rod place it in my presence and it should be in the place where i meet you so when we talk about issues of men and women ordained to serve in the matters of the kingdom we are talking about about men and women that are brought into closeness and divine encounter with god and a walk with god that is not ordinary that is why i describe um, such situation as men and women uh, um, ordinary men that are endued by extraordinary grace to do extraordinary things for god so they are ordinary men but they have been brought into the very presence of god it changes it changes the matter they may go to the same market they may experience the same burden in the same city in the same country like every one of us but because of that ordination they occupy a place of interest in, 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 in before the Lord a place of interest before the Lord now it says in the verse 5 and it shall be that the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom just think of taking pick, picking dry sticks and uh, inscribing the name of a man on it placing it right dry sticks there are no signs of life in it placing it in the presence of god and suddenly the next day this rod blossoms not just um, um sprouts but this rod blossoms it has fruits on them the capacity of divine choice leads to divine fruitfulness it's distinct it marks a man differently and who the bible says can bring anything against the elect of the lord all of us are the elect of the lord and the new testament expresses but when we talk about the issue of leadership in this context we want to understand that this principle applies to them if all of us are also chosen um, as the New Testament expresses, this principle also applies to us. But we're talking about leadership. It says that the man that uh, whom I will choose, his rod will blossom. Thus, I will read myself. What is God's business here? Men leading societies and people and nations. And God says that that I will get read from myself of these complaints of the children of Israel, which they make against me that i will get rid of them god takes it personal when we bring honor to the men and women he has ordained so moses spoke to the children of israel and each of their leaders gave him a rod apiece for each leader according to their father's houses 12 rods and the rod of aaron was among their rods and moses placed the rods before the lord in the tabernacle of witness now, now um, it's a tabernacle of witness, something we can talk about. Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness and behold, the rod of Aaron of the house of Levi has sprouted, number one, has sprouted 
Number two, and put forth buds and have produced blossoms and yielded ripe almonds. My God, and yielded ripe almonds. Ripe almonds. You know, the almond plant in the Palestinian region is the first plant to announce itself after the winter season. It speaks of new beginnings. And when we have divine choice in place, when we have the right men and women in leadership capacity, it sets in motion something about new beginnings for the people of God. And so we want to accord them the right honor because God himself honors them. God expresses his honor of choice by causing even these dry sticks to begin to experience life. And when we honor them, there is a manner in which I'll come into this teaching much later in the week's coming, where we begin to talk about the reward of the prophet or the apostle of, the, of, of, of choice leadership, the reward of choice leadership, that we can share in their grace and the abilities invested in them. I share the story of this great man of God out of Australia who got into relationship with another man in, um, in the United States, a great apostle who is passed on. And one day in his ministry, when the relationship just started, after returning from the U.S. into Australia, he announced before his people, I am in relationship with this man. He provides me headship. I honor him for his apostolic grace and all of those stories. Upon telling the story, there were some in people who were carrying some incurable diseases among them in the congregation. Instantaneously began to experience relief and miracles and healings. Things that they had never experienced in that community in Australia before suddenly broke upon them and um, began to happen. That is the power of honor. When we honor right, we begin to tap, we begin to walk, we begin to latch onto, we begin to enter into the reward and share in the grace that is upon, invested upon these men and these women as God himself has ordained. So, um, Moses brought this out. Now, let's look at it. It says that, in the verse 8 again, Now, it came to pass on the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron of the house of Levi had sprouted and put forth baths and pro had produced blossoms and yielded ripe almonds. And Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord to the children of Israel, and they looked, and each man took his rod. And the Lord said to Moses, Bring Eros rod back before the testimony to, to be kept as a sign against the rebels. My God. I told you this chapter 17 is packed. You may have to take time and, and, and unravel some of the things and glean some of the things. It says, bring the rod back and let it stand in my presence as a witness against the rebels. What, what part of this thing, what it means is that when I begin to dishonor choice divine leadership, what it is is that there is a witness in the presence of God against me and that thing can destroy me. When I come against the leadership of God, we see that in David, when uh, Absalom came against him, when Ahithophel came against him, when even Saul, who was anointed by God, came against the choice of God, David. Now, you would realize that the very day God anointed David, Saul, the Bible says, read the scriptures carefully, when someone had gone to anoint David, the Bible tells us that um, a tormenting spirit, a demonic spirit came upon, um, 
um, Saul. And Saul's life became different. You can clearly see that the issue of divine choice is no joke. And when Saul continued to pursue David, he self-destruct. He self-destruct. So divine choice can be a witness against us or for us. My God. Divine choice can be a witness against us or for us. When we, when we place honor in the right place, divine choice can be a witness for us in the very presence of God. But for the rebels, the Bible says that, that I, God, I will be a witness against these rebels that 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 they may put that they may put their complaints away from me lest they die that is the severity of it a lot of, uh, let me read Amza's comment here it says there are lots of people leaving churches dishonoring pastors and they find themselves in a wilderness a very dry place of life lots of people lots of young men who will never listen to instruction. You see, I tell people, anytime I minister in environments, I keep telling people, I said, your pastor, your church leader may never see a vision like I do, may never prophesy like I do, but do not dishonor him because this thing is just a gift. So there are people sometimes who just latch onto a gift um, because the man can prophesy. And the next thing is that um, uh, in like in the book of John chapter 5, they are found in that man's environment giving testimony and giving or giving some false honor and appellations and the man, the place of choice that the angel of the Lord has been sent to bring all loads of blessings to them where they have been before they met this man, they leave that place and the angel of blessing is standing in that environment to bless them and they are never found and they are giving a testimony. If you read John chapter 5, the Bible talks about the man who was by the pool of Bethesda and he was healed. Then Jesus Christ, the Bible says, concerning Jesus Christ, having found him. Even Jesus went everywhere looking for him in order to receive this honor from him. And the Bible says, having found him in the synagogue. He was sitting in a different place, giving a testimony and giving an honor in a place where he ought not to. Friends, it's important. Many people have self-destruct because they dishonor their leaders. If let me say this, let me say this. If you want to live a kingdom community, live peacefully. Do not raise yourself to become an enemy of that kingdom community. Because Jesus Christ started his church in a particular way. He will receive his church in, a, in, in that manner. He started it. And anybody, anything, any power, any throne, any dominion that seeks to come against the community and to destroy the pedigree of this community, Jesus takes it personal and you will come against him. And it will not be an easy life for you. Even if the man that is standing there did not pronounce a curse, I tell you, it's a dangerous place to live. It is called living dangerously. And I've seen a lot of people who have this, brought dishonor to themselves because they dishonor their leaders. Some are really struggling. There is nothing that they hold on to that works for them today. 
I've seen it. They are living in an environment of near, near, near blessings growing closer, and they live in that environment of near misses. They are just about to touch the blessing, and it flips off. And they are living in constant environment of complaint and anguish and anger and pride and continuing that cycle of repetition and never, never. Friends, let me let me just finish reading this scripture because the scripture itself speaks for them. It says that I'll get rid of their complaints. Put it away from me, lest they die. Even God, in trying to deal with the issue of dishonor, has some element of mercy in it. He says, let me put the complaint away from me. Lest these people die. It says, that's Moses, the verse 11. That's Moses, that's did Moses. Just as the Lord had commanded him, so he did. So the children of Israel spoke to Moses, saying, Surely we die, we, sh we perish, we shall perish. The verse 13, whoever even comes near the tabernacle of the Lord must die. Shall we utterly die? They began to ask. We don't need to live in a place of spiritual death. We don't need to bring dishonor upon ourselves and introduce elements of death into anything we do. Come on, whether your leader is, is powerful or not, whether the men ordained uh, before you occupy a certain pedigree or not, let us accord them the right honor. Not just the men in our community, but we know that the universal body of Christ, there are men and women that occupy certain spiritual space. We want to bring them such honor because of where they occupy, the space they occupy, and the things that they walk in. Let me read, let me read two more scriptures and then I'm going to end this broadcast. Let me read from um, the book of First Timothy. Chapter five. Let's let's read. Um, maybe let me back up. Let me back up. Let me back up. Let's read Matthew. Let's go to Matthew. Let's read uh, Matthew chapter ten. Matthew chapter ten. And I'm going to come back into this scripture properly when I begin to talk about sharing in the reward of ordained men. Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter four. Let's look at the no Matthew chapter ten. Sorry. Matthew chapter 10, let's look at the verse, verse 42 to 42. And the Bible says, He who receives you, receives me. And he who receives me, receives him who sent me. You see the nature of divine choice and the honor that must go with it and why it is important. Because when we receive, when I receive answer, as a man called and ordained by God, the Bible says, henceforth, we know no one after the flesh, but even Jesus Christ. We know no one after the flesh. So, when I receive you as a dear brother, a man ordained and called by God, the Bible says, I receive Christ and I receive the God that sent Christ. In essence, the God that sent you. So when I receive you as a brother, as a sister, when I give you that respect, when I give my wife that honor, that respect, when I give my leaders, the men in my team that I work with, when I give them that honor as men ordain a call, my God, there is a manner in which things begin to flow and add up together and swell in the realm of the spirit that the enemy cannot have a penetration in among us. Listen, 
It says that when you receive, when they receive you, they receive me and they receive he who sent me. The verse 41, he, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive the prophet's reward. We'll come to this whole aspect much later. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive the righteous man's reward. And that translation says, shall share in the reward of a righteous man. And he who gives one of these little ones a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple shall assuredly, uh, I say to you, shall be shall by no means lose his reward. Now, shall by no means lose his reward. Quickly, Matthew chapter 13. Let's read uh, about Jesus Christ. Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Let's read about Jesus Christ and then we cap it with one more scripture and we're done. Matthew 13, the verse 54. Or let's read from the verse 53 down to um, 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 the verse 57. Now, it says, uh, Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables, that he departed from there and when he had come to his own country listen to me his own country he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said where did this man get his wisdom and these mighty works now the scripture is so powerful the man is teaching and they describe his teaching as mighty works something um, um, they were astonished is the Greek word astute they, 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 something to be discussed much later um, in, is this not they say is this not a captain's son is not his mother called Mary and his brother James Joseph Simon and Judah and his sisters are they not all with us where then did this man get all these things so they were offended at him but jesus said to them a prophet is without honor except in his own country and in his own house now he did not do many mighty works that are there because of their unbelief my 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 we see it clearly, scripture speaks that these men keep looking through the lens of the flesh. Hamzad, our words just went together. They saw him only after the flesh. They keep looking at him through the lens of the flesh. The lens of the flesh. Mine. Listen, men ordinary. I quoted a scripture in the book, one of my favorite scriptures in the book of John, chapter 1, I think the verse 5. It says, There was a man who was sent from God, and his name was John. There was a man sent from God, and he is a gift to humanity. Men and women called and ordained to walk in the works of God, men and women existing under divine choice are God's gift, God's conduit through which he blesses humanity. If we do not stop looking through the lens of the flesh and looking at the limitation of that man, that woman, we will never receive his gift, and we will never receive God, and we will never receive ultimately the blessings that he seeks to bring to us in this earth. Listen to this last scripture. 
First um, Timothy chapter five, and then we call it that. First Timothy chapter five. First Timothy chapter five. My God, my God, my God, my God. This evening, I want to take the opportunity. If you're watching from Ghana, uh, join us at the Basilian News PS at five thirty p.m. Opposite Satellite Hotel at Tema Community Nine, as we get into prayer and we pray about the issues of the Zemen. I'll talk about the Zemen briefly this evening, and we pray. We need to be a people of signs and wonders. We need to walk in our place of ordination and choice. And there are several things that come together to make that happen. Um, chapter five of First Timothy, the verse seventeen down. He says. Let the elders who rule among you be count worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not receive an accusation against an elder, except except from two or three witnesses. Those who are seen rebuke and in the presence of all that the rest may fear. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that, that, you, that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. When we talk about the issue of honor, the whole heavens comes to a standstill and ask the witness. So, I want to say thank you. God bless you. I want to bring this broadcast to an end. And next week, I'm going to pick another facet of the object of honor. And we look at it. Then eventually, I'm going to come into talking about sharing or receiving the reward of ordained men. How do we express honor? All of those things we will discuss as, as the Lord continue to bless us. I want to say God bless you, Hamza, and family, Shoba, and everybody on this broadcast this morning. Let the favor of the Lord and the peace of God rest with you. Every Thursday we have weekly online Bible study, and it just continues to be something else. My dear friend, last, last Thursday we talked about steadfastness. It was an explosive meeting. The recordings are available on YouTube under Mark Abeko and on the podcast channels. Um, you will find also Mark Abeko or He Breath and Man Became. You will find the recordings there and many, many more recordings. Even these recordings on Facebook are left there as well. God bless you and I will be with you again. Have a good one. The Lord favor you. Have a good, 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 and a blessed Sunday. Shabbat, God bless you. Amen. I say to that declaration. Thank you. And bye-bye for now. Meet me here is the word. Hello. I just want to welcome you to Times of Navigating and You Should Change. My name is Mark Abeko. And every Sunday at 8 a.m., we carry out this broadcast. And I want to ask you to share this video, invite somebody to connect to this broadcast as I continue to teach um, in the Word of God and as the Spirit of God continue to instruct us concerning the issues of 
honor. So I want to continue today talking to you about building the culture of honor. Building the culture of honor. We've been talking about this, I uh, think, for the past three weeks. And it's been so, so, so wonderful. And um, as I ponder over, as I think over these teachings myself, because they do speak to me. It is almost as if I'm speaking out and God is using the same things to speak to me and bless me. Uh, good morning uh, from this side, Shoba. Good morning to your family, Amzad, um, Sierra. Thank God for your lives and I bless God for your prayers. Um, uh, it's amazing that we have such a big family across the globe. So let's get into talking about building the culture of honor this morning. Now, we said some time back that all of us, we need to keep a page of honor. Every one of us, we need to keep a page of honor. I think it was about a couple of days ago, I came across a post I did several years ago on Facebook that, that read something like, you need to remind, remember very hard the people that contributed to you to be where you are today. That is um, the spirit of gratitude and the spirit of honor. The lack of honor, the lack of gratitude is very expensive. Dishonor is very, very expensive. And therefore, we want to live in the place of life and flourish. So, this morning, let's just get back into looking at the very things we were looking at um, last week, where we started talking about um, specifically the people that needs to be honored. And uh, we had talked about parents, father and mother already. Last week, we started talking about those that are ordained to serve in the matters of the kingdom. And then we, we coupled that with people called to be in the fivefold ministry. Um, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors. And I said that I would definitely come back into looking at sharing in the reward of ordained men, um, established leadership. There is a way in which God blesses people in the earth. There are several channels to that. And one of those channels is working in honor towards the men and women that he has ordained. Look, it changes a man's life, it changes a woman's life. Um, let's flow in the same spirit and let's talk about um, um, those that um, labor in the preaching and the teaching of the word. These are one category of people that needed to be honored. We need to honor. Um, in our society today, in a world in which honor is not a matter of value for emerging generation because there are several wrong examples that are being set. In a society today where the lines get blurred between that which is political and between that which is God-ordained, um, men and women sometimes do not seem to know where, where the line is drawn um, as they confront the political world and it comes into the environment of the dealings of God, the people that God have ordained to lead, they tend to just spill over. They jump over with the same attitude, the same conduct that they accord their political leaders and, um, and bring the same attitude towards um, um, men of grace, and women of grace and all. It's important. I'm not saying that these men called by God are don't touch me, some fetish priest 
walking down in 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 the village that when you touch them uh, thunder will come out of heaven to strike you but we are talking about walking in the spirit of honor towards them um there is a story about um the sons of we read it we read it um about three weeks ago there's a story about the sons of um noah who uh, one of them dishonored him but um, the other two would not and they had to walk backwards and even drop a piece of cloak on his coverness to to cover his 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 um, nakedness to cover his drop drop a piece of cloth to cover his nakedness now that place of honor we need to carry into dealing with men and women and we don't um, men and women ordained by god and we don't go washing our uh linen um in the public and dirty linen in the public environment so there's the point um we need to honor men and women who are ordained and who have been appointed in the work of preaching and teaching and the bible instructs us so the scriptures instruct us for for that to be so first timothy chapter 5 verse 17 he says the elders who direct the affairs of the church well who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor are worthy of double honor especially those who work in preaching and teaching especially those who work in preaching and teaching i remember several years ago uh, somebody in my office was like this preaching thing has no um, value and worth to it, and some of these guys who are involved in preaching should look for some job to do. And I told him, I said, I would like to invite you on a very typical day um, when I'm gone out to to wait on the Lord, pray and prepare for meetings. And, and I'm sure, but by the time we come back in the evening, you probably will not desire to be doing this work. This work is a heavy work. This work involves several things. It involves research. It involves some some uh, some level of understanding apart from the grace that is placed upon you. And this work has all of the spiritual ramifications around it as well. And as men and women who are enabled to preach and teach the word of God, the Bible says we need to accord them double honor double honor and we want to carry that in our hearts we want to express that we want to walk in it it may be expressed in several ways and those are things i think i will address um, sometime next week by the grace of god how do you express honor how do you honor men and women who are ordained how do you order leadership um, um political leader how do you do that how do you do that now the bible also tells us to honor uh, apostolic representatives of the church men and women that you if you understand the new testament the new testament had this system of government where the apostles will send other apostles to go oversee the churches and minister to these churches and minister to these churches uh, okay all right, I want to pray for somebody online when I'm done teaching. So please just stay with us for the next 30 minutes as we do this. I want to pray for somebody online. Um, I want to pray concerning your health. 
somebody online. So um, these apostles, um, leaders will send other apostles to go oversee the churches and see how they are doing, how they are faring, and to contribute and enable them and bring them impartation and resources. We saw Apostle Paul in the book of Romans saying that how he longs to come to the church in Romans and to bring them impartation for their mutual edification that they will receive of him spiritually and also minister to him spiritually and in physical things and all. So um, apostolic representatives, men and women sent by now let me let me let me zero it down a bit let me let me drop it a bit even within our local communities our local kingdom communities there may be men and women that our primary leadership may appoint to oversee specific things we are supposed in the things of god to accord them the honor the respect the dignity that they deserve as men and women who have been ordained by the Lord to serve in those capacities. We do not, um, whether we like them or not, whether we like the way they look or not, whether we prefer uh, the way they speak or not, the, 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 the sound of their voice or not, we need to live in that place for, of, of honor for them because they've been appointed by primary leadership to come and oversee specific things. Uh, many people, many people disdain leadership as a result are found in wilderness place of life, wilderness place of persistence, hard and difficult place of persistence. Listen, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the verse 23 through 24, Apostle Paul says, as for Titus, as for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. Now, do you realize that in certain aspects of scripture, Paul will refer to Timothy Titus as his sons in the Lord? But um, um, look at the respect and the honor Apostle Paul himself places upon Timothy, or sorry, upon Titus in this context, that he is sending Titus to the church in Corinth to, to minister to the church and to build them up and strengthen them in the things of God. And he describes Titus as his partner and fellow worker, not just a son, not just a son. Many would have known him to be a son to Paul. But Paul at this point is saying, this man that is a son, this man whom you may consider not to have that level of grace and pedigree, I, Paul, am sending him to you. And so, and, and so as for Titus, maybe you can take time and look at the beginning chapters, the very first verse of the book of, um, um, the first verses of the book of First Timothy, Second Timothy, and the book of Titus. Just look at the first verses and how Apostle Paul writes to address the churches. So he says that as for Titus, he, let's speak it again. It says, as for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. As for our brothers, they are representatives of the church and an honor for Christ. Therefore, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our pride in you so that the churches can see it. So when we demonstrate honor towards 
ordained men, appointed men, sent men, um, apostolic representatives of the church, we actually exemplify these to the other churches to be learned. We do this for our children to learn. We do these for people among us. He is a partner. So in re receiving apostolic representatives, we have to receive them as partners and fellow workers in the things of God. Now the Bible also instructs us that we honor those who sacrifice and risk much for the work of Christ. Those who sacrifice and risk their life for the work of Christ. Let's go turn to Philippians chapter 2, the verse 25, then the verse 29 through 30. Philippians chapter 2, the verse 25, the verse uh, 29 um, through 30. 25, it says, But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. Now look at the language Paul is using concerning Epaphroditus, Titus, and even if the opportunity is that we could look at Timothy. These men were considered the sons, the offspring in the things of God of Apostle Paul. But Apostle Paul, in sending them forth to the churches, sends them in the place, out of the place of grace and honor and capacity. And he describes Epaphroditus, for example, as my brother, my fellow worker, and a fellow soldier, who is also a messenger to you, whom you sent to take care and minister to my needs. 29. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy. Look, there is a manner in which grace, the, 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 the reward of God invested into men and women can transmit. It is called grace. Grace is not something spooky. It is pure divine resource transmitting through earthly vessels. I quoted a scripture as it last week in the book of John chapter 1. In the verse one of my favorite verses, it says, There was a man who was sent from God, and his name was John. He is a man, but actually commissioned from God, empowered, given specific mandate, and sent from the realm of God to come into this earth. And his name is a gift. John, he is a gift to humanity. So when we begin to receive men and women sent of God, having grace, having the abilities of God, the rewards of God invested into this potshed of limitation, this earthly limitation, we begin to see a tremendous capacity of God hitting our world. Whether we may recognize it immediately or not, there is a way that this thing continues to bless people. I've seen people prophesy to over the years that there was um, a man of God that your father associated with and your father so loved this man of God and walked with this man of God and blessed him and honored him and because of this the Lord God himself has determined to do ABC. Now some of, some of these prophets um, and not some of these prophets, these prophets who are speaking or these prophecies that are coming forth, these men 
do not have a clue who these men of God were because these relationships transpired several years ago before they even came on the scene. So there is a way in which God transmits grace and we don't want to disdain that. He says, welcome them in the Lord with great joy and honor men like him. Honor men like him. So we are seeing Epaphroditus' status of work with God and a fellow worker with God and fellow soldier with, sorry, a fellow soldier and fellow worker with Apostle Paul being translated to other men that we need to possess their designing to know other men who walk in the same light and the same capacity. It says that um, um, receive them in the Lord with great joy. Receive them in the Lord with great joy, and and honor and honor honor men like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for for the hell you could not give me. My old God. Listen, friends, look at Apostle Paul um, giving a witness concerning Epaphroditus. Because of the risk he has committed himself to in the things of God, in ensuring the safety of one single man, Paul. One single man, Paul. The Bible says, honor men and women who put their lives at risk for the work of Christ and to see this thing progress. So you need to honor the men in your community. You need to honor the women in your community. You need to honor the men and women that God brings into your way by relationship and to cause your life and your life's purpose to gain a certain acceleration which is only known to God, which is only known to God. I remember, I don't know if it was here, I share this. I remember ministering to a lady who belongs to one of the big churches in this country, big churches in Ghana, big, 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 big churches in Ghana, one of the big churches. And she said to me, she said to me, says, how come I've been born again for several years? And it's as though I am just getting to know the Lord. And we were speaking to issues of foundation. And this lady couldn't marry. This lady, very beautiful, intelligent, very progressive in life. You can see life gaining progression. But she couldn't marry. And as the Lord will have it, we got connected and things begin to began to happen. And it's a different story altogether as we speak today. So there are men and women that become the point of uh, 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 grace and conduit supply um, the abilities of God. So the Bible says double honor for elders who direct the affairs of the church as well. Double honor, double honor, double honor, double honor. Now in First Timothy chapter five, the verse seventeen through twenty. First Timothy chapter five, the verse seventeen through twenty. It says the elders who direct the affairs of the church well, are worthy of double honor, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, 
do not muzzle the ox while it is tread, treading out the grain and the worker deserve his wages do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses those who sin are to be rebuked publicly so that the others may take warning now we see the place of double honor and its scripture is very clear what our conduct how we need to carry this place of honor it says do not muzzle do not stifle do not stifle do not stifle i was i was talking to an elderly man of god and he was telling me how um, he, he receives salary every month from the church and sometimes you have to take a salary advance and because of uh, this salary advance when the month ends they would they would i mean the young men who are handling the books have absolutely absolutely no mercy at all they will just take everything to cover the salary uh, advance without um spreading across a period of time and he tells me of the difficulty and all and i felt cut at heart i wondered how if i am in that capacity what can i do um, as influencing policy of that organization to make sure these elders who actually labor and risk themselves in taking care of the affairs of the church well to be honored and not have their mouth muzzled and, and to have them have enough to be able to take care of their needs and, and all. I want to encourage somebody. Um, you want to reach out to your leader at the end of this month, you, you, I remember several years ago, I walked to my leader and I asked him, I said, sir, please, can I, I just want to, I just want to every day, every, every day in the early in the morning, I want to come and be washing your car. I just want to do that. He said, no, 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 leave uh, washing of car alone. And um, this is what I want you to do for me. Pray for me every day. My God. I wanted to wash the car. I wanted to wash his car every day. But he said, pray for me every day, which I did. Which I did diligently. Which I did committedly. Which I, I did with great joy. So you want to reach out to your leader at the end of this month. Bless him with something. Maybe it's a phone recharge, airtime or something or data. You want to just, everyone make a commitment. Place him on something that you may consider as meager and insignificant and bless him every 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 month or if it's every week whatever capacity you possess just send that data that airtime to his phone and bless him so that um, um somehow you'll be contributing to making his life easy do that do that i encourage you i encourage you even i, I tell people i said um, um uh, let me tell you this is from my personal life there are men and women that i related to and every time that we have a meeting that i go to meet them i usually carry a seed along i usually carry a seed along some of this seed i will i will pull together uh, fans throughout the week as the lord blesses me as i have opportunity and I have this target, I have this focus 
that I am going to bless this man. There's this other one, some years ago, I used to visit his, um, his all-night services. And any time I go, when the meeting ends, there are so many people who want to see him. Some want to see him to be prayed for. Some want, um, want to tap into his grace and his anointing. Everybody's reaching out for something or the other. What I simply do is I have an envelope, whether it is a $10 equivalent, whether it is a $20 equivalent, whether it's a $50, a $50 equivalent. I carry this envelope and I just give it to him. And I say, thank you. I just want to say hello to you. And then I am gone. I'm telling you, I did this consistently every Friday. And I, uh, if I should go to my phone and I should show you my phone, you will see the name of some of these men that I actually put them on my prayer list every Thursday, mentioning their names and praying for them, and which I continue to do today. Um, some of them, the names I wouldn't want to mention for you to hear. Um, but I pray for them always, always, and every Thursday for honor of everybody and my friends. I list up my friends and I'm praying for them always. Friends, I want to encourage you. Do that like a seed. Um, I like what Shoma has written there. Like a seed. Do that every every month, every week. Sow something. Sow a phone recharge, a phone credit. Bless him. And, and I remember there is somebody who always sent me, um, some years back, who always sent me phone uh, credit. And the manner in which it is sent, you do not know who has sent it. And she is just doing it joyfully until one day I discovered it, I uncovered her. So uh, do that, do that. Men who serve and take care of the affairs of the church well deserve double honor. Do not muzzle their mouth. Do not make life difficult for them. Do not make life difficult for them. I'll come to talk about how we can express honor. It's important. I told somebody out of our ministry the other day, I said, you guys, I told him specifically, I said, you guys, you don't listen. You are prophesied to, you are shown the dangers ahead of you. You still, you still gloss over that and you find yourself in this place of difficulty and you just make the work of God so difficult and makes, makes it unattractive. Your conduct and your behavior does not allow others to be attracted to this work. You need to change. I have to rebuke him because they make the work of God difficult. Do not make the work of your leader difficult. Make it easy for him. Make him free. Let him have joy. Look, I tell people, when I invite men to come speak in my meeting, I want to bless them in a manner that when they go back, and they are lying on their beds, they will just be thinking about our ministry constantly. And they say, God bless you. God bless you. God send you an embarrassing miracle. I always want to live in that space, in the mind of that man and that woman who came to minister to us. Please let your leader be so mindful of you and bless you always. I'm not talking about men pleasing. I'm talking about walking genuinely in the spirit and the power of honor. Now, on, on, the, on that note, I'm going to speak and end on a particular note today. Then next week, we will try and finish off with those people's scripture identified for us to honor. We will talk next week about 
the elderly and the aged, we will continue to talk about one another, one another. When you go through scripture, it talks about one another, one another, one another. We'll talk about that. And then we will get to talk about everyone. The Bible talks about everyone. How do we do that? And the Bible talks about certain parts of the body that are honorable. Certain parts of the body are meant to be kept secret and ought not to be dishonored. They will talk about your wife, husband, your wife, wife, your husband. So um, let me quickly uh, get into just this last line. Those who labor among you and are over you. Those who labor among you and are over you. Those who labor among you and are over you. So let's turn to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's locate it and let's do this. First Thessalonians chapter 5. And let's look at it from the verse um, the verse 12 through 13. First Thessalonians chapter 5, the verse 12 through 13. It says, And we urge you, brethren. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize. I mean, that word is loaded. Recognize. Recognize. It's loaded. We urge you, brethren, to recognize. We urge you, brethren, to recognize. Those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Friends, I have seen men and women that over the years were found in the place of challenge and difficulty. That we would have to spend day, night, fasting, oh my, three days dry, going days without food and only water, praying and intervening for them, laboring in the things of God. And suddenly when they begin to experience the miracles that they are supposed to, or that we pray for, suddenly they turn their back. They walk away. I describe them as men um, like the man who was found by the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5. That Bible says, Jesus, having found him, he was sitting in the synagogue, having found him, Jesus went everywhere looking for this guy. <laughs> after all the miracle, after all the breakthrough, Jesus expected some honor. Listen to me. It is only good and honorable to God and pleases God that the men and the women that labor among you are honored correctly. Please don't take this for granted. Remember the man and the woman who stood in for you. It doesn't matter if you may not be in good terms right now, but I want to encourage you. Whatever it is that might have caused pain 
um, over the years, let go. It is good for you. It is good for your health. It is good for yourself. God bless you. I want to stop here. And let me pray. Um, I don't know, but I'm seeing something like a surgery on a tummy. And um, I don't know. I see Nazmoon. I see Shoba. I don't know who is in the background. I see um, a number of people in the background. But I just want to pray. And I see this has to do with a woman. And um, I see this uh, surgery taking place in the United States of America specifically. And so I want to pray because our God reveals the redeem. Because this whole thing will happen like some weight, something of weight feeling in the tummy and complaints will be made to the doctor or visits will be made to the doctor and the doctors will do scans and tests and blah, blah, blah. And so they will discover something. And so Father, as you have brought this impression into my heart, and brought this into my knowing, my sight. I pray right now for any of our sisters, somebody who is watching this right now, and Lord, somebody who would watch this even after 20 years. We pray right now that the power of your grace that is present on this uh, broadcast will extend because your works, your doing, you declare the end from the beginning. You set eternity in the hearts of men. And so, Father, your manner of working being an eternal working, let it go out even now to touch, to heal, and to remove any weighty feeling, weighty feeling, whether fibroid or whatever it is, or growth that will be found in the tummy. Oh, God, let it be a touch right now and let it be healing. I pray that, Father, men and women listening to this call, will begin to walk in the spirit and the grace of honor. Lord, raise for us our children, a generation of men that serve in our ministries and our calls and, and relationships that places value on honor more than money, on honor more than their own benefits. Father, we pray that Lord God Almighty, that the spirit of honor will envelope us and that the Holy Spirit will teach us how we can walk in honor. Father, I take this opportunity and I honor my dear friends, Kelvin um, Chambliss, Kelvin Muhammad. I, I pray for Anderson. I pray for Dave. I pray for um, Matik, uh, Shabbat. Lord, I pray for even my wife. Lord God Almighty, we make a public announcement of these men to represent the many more that are connected to us. Um, uh, Godwin, we pray for my dear friend Samuel. Lord God Almighty, we pray for these men and their homes. We pray for Amza. We pray for their homes. We pray for um, um, their finances. Um, we pray for their marriages. We pray, O oh God Almighty, that let there be mighty works in their lives. Let the provisions be released. Father, every battles that they are involved in right now, from their health, their finances, their families, and, and, and clarity in vision and purpose, Lord, we stand together on this call and ask that your presence will issue out such tremendous um, breakthrough to them to begin to come to ease of life. Father, oh God, 
in any difficult place they find themselves. We ask for grace. We send to them and give them, cause them to be blessed and cause them to progress. Cause their lives and their ministries, Lord, to progress forward unhindered. Let there not be struggles. We declare a new season upon them, a new season of fruitfulness. Father, we pray, oh God, that you send them men and women that will help them. Send them helpers from the north, the south, east and west. Let them gather together. Send them men and women who respect and honor wisdom and knowledge and understanding that, Father, they will embrace their ministries and cause them to progress forward. Lord, I bless everybody on this call. I pray for somebody out there who have, who, who have rheumatism and have this um, rheumatism in the right leg and, and, um, and muscle pull rheumatism. I pray that let it be a healing right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, thank you, Father. We bless you. We give you praise. We come in agreement over these things. And Father, these things we have agreed upon on this call. And we make a public pronouncement of our connections, our relationships. And we say, Father, bless them. Bless Nazmoon. Bless Shoba. Bless Serena. Bless Kelvin. Bless Amsa. Bless Brenda. Bless Anderson. Bless Gilda. Lord, bless them all. Matif, bless them all. Dave, bless them all. Father, thank you. Bless Abraham John. Bless him. Bless him. Cause him to flourish. Cross him to flourish. Send him helpers. Cause him to flourish. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name, we bless you. It is done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, friends. It's been wonderful. Next week, we will finish on the men and women, the objects that the Lord instructs us in the word of God to honor. Then we can begin to take up how do we honor, how do we express them. And maybe in our limited way we will say, but may the Lord give you an expanded wisdom. I'll see you again um, next week as we get back into this whole thing. Now, however, um, every Thursday we have weekly online Bible study and it continues to grow powerfully. Friends, look forward to it. Look forward to the registration link by the close of today on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can find it on all our pages, Northgate Global, um, Basilia News, yes, um, on my personal page, Mark Agbeko. You can find all of this. And this evening at 5.30 p.m., we will be on again to continue the building work at Basilian Space. And if you're in Ghana, Accra, Tema, Ashaiman, all of these uh, close places, I want to invite you to join us um, in in-person meeting this particular uh, day at 5.30 p.m. as we get into the equipping and empowerment service. And then on the 4th of December, Open Heavens meeting comes on at 7 a.m. You don't want to be behind that. God bless you. I'll see you all again and peace and life to you. Bye-bye for now. Meet me here is the song. Thank you.